Well, good morning, friends. Uh, good Tuesday to you. I'm coming to you from, well, what is a uh, sort of gloomy uh, New Jersey morning. It's uh, been rainy here for the last three or four days. Uh, and I suppose it kind of feels like it's raining everywhere right now, no matter where you're at uh, with uh, the world as we're, we're viewing it. We're here in, I think, week three of, um, of quarantine time where we're all sort of locked down and not going outside unless we have to. And you know, kids are home. If you've got kids, I've got three of them. And so they're schooling from home, of course. And um, so... You know, our whole lives have been adjusted. You know, I got a a good dose of that reality again last night as I met with uh, the people that I serve at Epiphany Church in New York City and got to hear uh, their stories. And, um, you know, just as you've heard on the news about the city, uh, so too it, it does to some degree reflect real life as people in my congregation have lost work, um, are forced to work from home, at least for the time being, while they still have work. Um, you know, nurses are experiencing just complete overload and uh, not having the proper uh, equipment to go in and treat patients. And there has been stories of people, um, you know, treating patients that have that have died under their care. And uh, and so it's just it, it can be all overwhelming. And of course, we know now that um, at least as of right now, there's an order for us to stay in this sort of same position for for the next month. So, you know, April, which is upon us, is also looking like it's canceled like March was for us. So, uh, you know, if if there was any sort of feeling that uh, the time we're in was maybe theoretical for you, depending on where you're at in the country, uh, I feel like now it's not so much that way for anybody, that everybody sort of recognizes that this is uh, serious and this is going to be with us a long time and, and it's weighing heavy on us. And so we are continuing each day here at, at Christ Hold Fast with our devotionals or in our various ministries as pastors. We are just continuing to try and use the platforms we have to bring you the comfort of God's word. And there might be no uh, place that's more comforting in God's word than the psalm we're going to read today, Psalm 46. Uh, it's not long, but it is packed full of uh, good news for us. It reads like this. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her, she shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. 
The God of Jacob is our fortress. End of reading. So let's just start off at the beginning here while I take a sip of coffee. My wife instructed me the last time I did this, you slurped when you drank coffee the last time. Don't do that. So I tried very hard and I didn't. <laughs> uh, so we let's start off at the very beginning. The comforting words, God is our refuge and strength. What is a, what is a refuge? Well, the, the refuge was a place that, of course, you were able to go in the midst of wartime, in the midst of battle, when you knew things were going downhill quickly and you had nowhere else to run to. There was, uh, in the Old Testament, cities of refuge. If you were accused of committing a crime or you maybe did commit a crime and you needed somewhere to shelter in the meantime, there were these places uh, you could go called cities of refuge. In the midst of battle and tumult, as the, the writer of the psalm will describe here, he doesn't refer to cities of refuge. He doesn't refer to places of refuge. He, refer, he refers to the person of God as our refuge. And I think that's really, really important right now because, of course, we can certainly find refuge in, you know, medications and uh, in uh, the medical staff that, you know, is going to, that does help people who come across with, uh, with the virus and that sort of thing. And we thank God for those things. Uh, but first and foremost, we recognize the source of all these things. We recognize up front that God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. So he is actively presently with us in the midst of our problems, in the midst of the suffering and the difficulty of life. I can't help but think about the message I got to preach this last Sunday from one of my favorite passages in John chapter 11, where Jesus shows up to the hometown of his friend Lazarus, who has just died. There's great mourning and weeping and gnashing of teeth all around him. And the sisters of Lazarus are saying, if you had been here, this wouldn't have happened. And Jesus knows what he's going to do. Jesus knows that he's going to raise Lazarus from the dead. And yet that doesn't stop Jesus from empathizing with the people in their pain and suffering. Uh, Jesus Christ is the God who laments alongside of us and feels alongside of us our pain. He is a very present help in our time of trouble. And so he even goes so far as to weep with the people bursting into tears of, of mourning and grief uh, because of what death has brought upon this world and what sin has wrought upon this world. So he is our very present help right now. He is accessible right now. He is interceding for us right now. He is, uh, he is always interceding before the throne of the Father for his children. And we are invited to boldly come to the throne of grace at any moment, for any reason, at any time. Therefore, because we have this, because it's God who is our refuge, that we have an advocate at the right hand of God the Father in Jesus Christ, who has done everything necessary to forgive us of our sins and to, to declare us righteous in the sight of God. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. Now here's the picture, the picture in, in the Old Testament especially, and you'll see this all the way through to the book of Revelation, is the sea is this place that uh, pictures sort of the chaos and horrors of the world. 
And for understandable reasons. I mean, still even today, we don't know everything that's down there. I mean, the sea is just kind of a freaky place. And especially back then, when you really didn't know it was out there, you just knew that every once in a while, some big sea monster looking thing would wash up to the shore and you'd have no explanation for it. You knew that there was big, big mammals out there at the time, like whales and things. The sea was this place that summarized everything chaotic and problematic in the world. It was a place of war and tumultuous tides. In contrast to that, in contrast, like as the sea is sort of coming up against us and it's bashing up against us, look at what it says in verse 4. Look at the contrast. In contrast to that, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. Now, of course, in the Old Testament, the way that they thought of the city of God typically was, of course, of Jerusalem. But they also recognized, and here is an allusion to it, that the city of God was not merely this earthly place in Jerusalem, but was really this heavenly place where God is going to dwell for all time. This is when, when heaven comes down to earth and the new Jerusalem, the Zion, uh, the promised land, the true promised land comes. That's what's being referred to here. And what is in the middle of this city of God? A river with clean life-giving water. The sea cannot do any such thing. The sea has salt water that you cannot be refreshed by. But in the midst of the city of God, no matter how much the sea comes up, the sea of the world and the chaos of the world is just bashing up against you, you're guaranteed living water, water of life. Of course, this is also an allusion to uh, the various ways that God uh, refers to himself. If you look to Jeremiah 2.13, you'll see that God the Father refers to himself as this uh, living cistern. Uh, if you go to John chapter 4, you remember the story of Jesus and the woman at the well, and he says, if you knew who was speaking to you, I could give you water that would burst up from inside of you. And he was speaking, of course, of the Spirit. And in Revelation chapter 7, verse 17, there's this uh, beautiful picture of the eternal city of God and it says this about it. Uh, therefore, it's talking about all the people that are involved there. And it says, therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them nor any scorching heat. For the lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd. And he will guide them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. In the midst of the battles back in that day, maybe the most important thing that you needed in order to know that you could hold off for the long term was a source of fresh water. The promise to us is that no matter how much battle comes our way, there will be an endless supply of that water which we so desperately need. The psalmist goes on, God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. The city of God, the people of God, that's who he's in the midst of. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, yes, the kingdoms totter. But listen to this. He utters his voice and the earth melts. By the power, simply by his speaking, God is able to vanquish all the problems of this world with ease. That's the power of God's word. Again, think about Jesus and Lazarus from this last Sunday's 
lectionary reading, if you're in a lectionary uh, tradition, Jesus doesn't have to do anything except simply say to Lazarus in his dead state, Lazarus, come out. And boom, he comes out. That's the power of God's word. Yes, the nations rage and yes, the nations are doing everything against God in this scenario here. They're all fighting him, but all he has to do is speak the word and it's over. So there is great, great confidence as the psalmist goes on in verse 7 to say, The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. The God of the covenant with Jacob. The God who's made promises to Jacob that he will bring offspring through him that will one day be a savior for all of the world, ultimately fulfilled in Jesus Christ. That God is our fortress. And we cannot be shaken no matter what the world may throw at us. And so he concludes his psalm. Come behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. This is this picture of the end when finally there will be real peace, when God is not going to allow the nations to war anymore, when he's not going to permit viruses to spread anymore, when he's going to finally wipe every tear from every eye and going to right all the wrongs. And as a result, he says to the world, and I know sometimes we're, we're sort of used to hearing this this way. We, we sort of, we've, we've kind of taken this next verse, verse 10. We've put it on our Instagram page. We've put it on a mug. Be still and know that I am God. And so the, the idea is that we should sort of be calm and just like chill. That is a scriptural idea. So I don't want to downplay that. But here... This is actually God saying to those who have fought against him, it's time for you to be quiet. Know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. You don't win anymore. I will be exalted in the earth. Sin, you no longer have any dominion. You no longer have any mastery. Death, you are a defeated foe. The devil, you're gone. Everything is over. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. That same God, so importantly, the psalmist ends almost with his voice of triumph. The Lord of hosts is with us. And you can say, the Lord of hosts today is with me. The Lord who has won the victory, who will win the victory, who has given us the victory, today is with me. And he is my fortress. He is what I will look to. He is my rock. He is my strength. He is my shield. He is my hiding place. He is the forgiver of all my sins. He is the bearer of all my sins. He is the resurrection and the life. He has ascended to the right hand of God, the Father Almighty, and he intercedes for me even now. I am therefore secure. This God is with me and will never leave me nor forsake me. The ultimate end is that we will worship around the river of life in the city of God. And that is our hope. So folks, with that, that is your Tuesday morning devotion. I hope that you, uh, you find rest in your refuge and strength, your ever-present help in times of trouble. God bless.